Hello, and welcome back to that podcast about Frankenstein. I'm one of your hosts, Ophelia Blassingame, and I'm beyond excited to talk to you guys today. I'm Brooke Boskus, and we have some exciting things planned for you. I cannot believe it's already our last one, though. I am Mason Kesson, and it is indeed sad, a true tragedy, that this podcast is our final one. Well, I'm Sterling West, and today is my favorite episode of the podcast, because it's the last one. Um, Not saying that I hated doing this, I'm saying (laughs) that this particular episode is my favorite. We're going to give you a crash course, because we know some of you kids that listen to us are only here because your professors were like, read Frankenstein, and you said, no, part. (laughs) So, um... I'll take, you said, I'll take the easy way out of this. Yeah, I mean, and I respect that, so we're actually, instead of trying to get you on the right track, we're going to help you do that. Yeah. Anyway, um, so we're basically just going to walk you down the entire plot. Uh, We're going to talk so much, and, you know, I think you've already gotten a good picture of, like, some of the stuff from this book, because you got to hear from Sweet Mary Shelley and Frankenstein and his monster, but, like... That doesn't mean you know what happened in the book. Yes. Okay, so we'll start things off with... Basically, the story starts with Frankenstein on this voyage. Well, these people... Uh, yeah, there's uh, these... Yeah, here. So the story starts off... Uh, it's like a letter to... It's a letter from someone on a voyage to like his wife or something. So Just someone he uh, cares about. He's telling him about his voyage. And he finds Frankenstein like, in the middle of the Arctic, and he brings him onto the <laughs> ship, and then he asks Frankenstein what he's up to, and Frankenstein decides to tell him his entire life story. The whole thing. Yeah. They really said this is going to be a therapy session. Mm-hmm. And, that, and then we just go into chapter one. I mean, I will say, in Frankenstein's defense, it's very explicitly said that they basically pull him. They, okay, so here's the funny thing. They pull up, and they're like, Frankenstein, they don't know his name yet, but they're like, dude, why are you here? Because there's no one around and it's in the middle of a blizzard. And he's like, where are you headed? As if he's not about to die because he's standing <laughs> in the Arctic without proper gear. And then eventually they're like, oh, we're going to the North Pole. And he's like, okay, that works. And so they bring him up and they literally like burrito him in blankets and sit him by a fire. And the entire crew is just like, who is this? And then he, he does just say, wow, free therapy. And he starts at the beginning. Yes. So... With chapter one, it kind of starts with the background of Victor Frankenstein, and it tells about his father and his mother, and basically that they got married and then had Victor. And then um, it describes his childhood and goes into detail about one of his childhood friends, Elizabeth Lavanza. And um, Elizabeth is actually Victor's cousin. In unofficially. This, kind unofficially, of. in a yeah. way. And um, Caroline notices, or not Caroline, oops. Yeah, Caroline, the mom. Yeah, Caroline, she sees this beautiful blonde girl and um, discovers that Elizabeth is this daughter of someone, of a German woman in this Italian family, and they can barely afford to like have her and stuff so caroline ends up adopting elizabeth and this is and then victor's mother decides at this moment of adoption that elizabeth and victor should one day get married and they agree more or less yeah yeah they do 
Yeah. Victor and Elizabeth are, like, super close. They grow up and, like, become best friends. Um, That's basically chapter one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, like, what's really fascinating about the way the story is laid out is, aside from the fact that I do still think it's fascinating that they managed to take the Frankenstein and make it into a book rather than a comic. Um, I will say what's kind it's of impressive. interesting is that Shelley, bless her soul, does a really good job of characterizing these people because we find out like in these first few chapters, Victor's mothers die and then, or his mother dies and then suddenly Elizabeth is kind of like helping to mother him and like all this stuff is going on and it really gives us a good insight into the characters. It does. Yeah. So then Victor finds interest in like his studies of science and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, what was and he alchemy first and interested stuff. In? He was in- interested in like philosophy. Mm-hmm. And then. Well, yeah, he started as a humanities kid. And then I guess yeah. eventually he became a STEM kid. And I think it's because one of the old men who ran his school were like, I cannot believe that you are reading philosophy. <laughs> And then this is when Elizabeth gets sick, right? With um, the scarlet fever. Yeah, scarlet fever. And then she passes that on to the mother and the mother eventually dies. But the mother's like dying wish is for Elizabeth and Victor to eventually get married. And then so after like the mother dies, Victor goes off to school and like, dedicates himself to his studies in science it's true and then this is where the story starts to get a little interesting yeah Yeah. i mean i will say like to pause on the point of him throwing himself in the story this is like our first look at victor's characterization yes Um, if you want to think about like the big thing victor's fatal flaw as a character is that he just cannot see that his actions have consequences he's really bad he doesn't see foresight at all and like you you see this as far as whenever he starts throwing himself into his studies and all of his family's like hey we miss you and it like he just doesn't do anything about that yeah he's also very ignorant of other people's feelings and he's very selfish when it comes to that um like for example just cutting out everyone that he knows just to work on this beast mm-hmm. yeah. monster shows a lot about who he is. Like, yeah. he is very focused on what he wants. He has too much ambition and not enough, like, common sense. Yeah, very true. So, this is when... So, Victor starts to create this monster. And he... As he's creating this monster... He has a lot of feelings, and he's really nervous, I would say, in a way. Yeah. yeah. I think he's excited, but... He's... It's, like, nervous excitement, and... He just doesn't know what he's, like, creating. Right? Yeah. And he has these nightmares about Elizabeth and his mom, and he's just very troubled. And then... So, this is, like, on a stormy night. He goes to sleep, and then he wakes up to discover this monster with this terrible smile and horrifying eyes and it really throws him in a loop and he's just i don't i would say i don't even think he knows what to do that would have been crazy for him like he'd 
like his creation that came to life and was like standing over him and was like he was probably like oh my god like what's about to happen and then yeah so he like gets afraid and like leaves his apartment right and like and he even lets this like monster scare him so bad that he makes himself sick it's true yeah yeah i feel like the sort of nightmares that he was having just end up being like a self-fulfilling prophecy mm-hmm. it's true like his fear from the nightmare caused what is what turned the monster into a monster i mean yeah and there's yeah. a good point like to the made. monster wasn't sorry but ahead. yeah there's a good point about it because Victor, almost all of his problems are caused by that lack of foresight, but also just because he's not processing his decisions before he makes them, to Mason's point, it's like, okay, he has these nightmares and then they manifest in what he creates, or his mom dies and he cuts off his family and then that manifests in this, like, insane drive to make life happen. Yeah. And that's all I think representative of, like, control issues and whatever. For sure. Which relates back to Mary experience as well. That's true. I mean, yeah, you can't really forget that Victor and, and the monster are basically Mary Shelley manifesting herself into two different people for this story. Yeah. Mary Shelley did a really good job with this book. Good job, Mary. Yeah. You've earned your putting profits. Her, putting herself into these characters, she did. Especially with um, the nightmares. Yeah. That was, yeah, that that was really, like, pretty bad for her. Yeah, that was a, that was pretty clever on Mary. Her mind. (laughs) So, after he, like, creates this monster, and the monster's, like, he gets scared, goes away, and gets sick, his friend Henry Clevel, like, shows up and is, like, nursing him back to health, and, um... Henry gives Victor a letter from Elizabeth that is just, like, talking about how she found out he's sick and stuff, and that, I don't I don't really remember. Well, what was it about? The letter was describing how, his, like, it was basically just a letter from his family saying that they're really concerned because Victor um, had been mailing them, I think, either a monthly or a weekly letter, and then suddenly they weren't getting any communication from him. So they were like, Victor, come home for a little while. You're sick and you need to be with your family. Yeah. Yeah. And in that letter, she mentions the how Justine had, like, moved back and was with the family again. Yeah. Which becomes important later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, already at this point in the story, you're only a third of the way through the plot. And you've already seen two of these instances where Frankenstein's just not thinking about how his actions will affect everyone else. Yep. And then culminates in, like, just the death of family members and then eventually in Justine's situation. Yep. And then... This... Then this is when he kills William. Yeah. Yeah. The baby. The baby. The baby. So... So Frankenstein created this monster and then the monster created this hate for Frankenstein and through that hate he ended up killing a baby, little William and then Oh my god, you know what I just realized? What? I think that's probably like more symbolism, it's about, it's not just about like the monster's like, oh Frankenstein Frankenstein, he's saying like 
this is a Frankenstein child. Like, this is a child that was produced the natural way that is being loved by its creator. Wow. So it's oh, also so that, yeah. like, the jealousy is kicking yes. in. Yes. like, I'm going to so, murder this because this is what I wanted. So much hatred. Yeah. Wow. That's a really good point. Yes. And then, um, and then this, mo- then this is when we start to kind of realize how smart this monster is. Yeah. And he takes a picture and plants it with Justine to frame her for the murder of this baby. And it works. And it does yeah, work. And works. Justine ends up getting executed. Which is, for... Yeah, that's like further proof that Frankenstein is selfish and doesn't think about his actions. He yeah. just sat there through like the entire trial, the entire execution too, just never said and then, anything. And then he even mentions considering suicide. But doesn't actually do anything to like stop the tribe. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, oh, I'm sad. Yeah. But yeah, because he um, refuses to take responsibility there, and then it's just like event after event of Victor choosing like blindness and selfishness over an intelligent decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then from there we basically go directly from that to this conflict between the monster and the victor directly where the monster is telling victor about like okay sure you're scared of me and i've done things but like this is what my life is like and that is like the first time i read it i was thinking this was going to be like victor's chance to redeem himself Mm -hmm. but it was not right yeah he kind of just lets it all go yeah it, it seems like the monster was like going into that discussion with like, hey, I know I'm kind of a jerk, but uh, we can make things better between us. And I think Frankenstein was just uh, too afraid or like dealing with whatever amount of feelings just to like take it seriously or to heart. Yeah, because the, the monster is literally just like, homie, I am lonely. And if you're not going to let me hang around actual people, make me another of my own kind. Which is kind of interesting because it's like, if you think about the story of Adam and Eve, that's like inverted. It's literally like God accidentally makes Adam and Adam is like, please, for the love of God, make another of me. Mm-hmm. And then this is also where Frankenstein kind of finds these people to study and he starts to... yeah you know, advance himself and observe these people in eavesdrop. And then, yeah, he's reading these books that they have and he's just spying on them. It's really quite creepy. Yeah, and then, like, the rest of the plot of the novel is, like, your big climax, I think, is... It shows us a lot about Victor again, because so the monster asks Victor to make him a wife, Victor agrees, and then halfway through, he freaks out about it, he doesn't think it through again, so he destroys the body of the wife. And then even though the monster directly says, like, I'm going to get you for this, Victor's actually surprised, completely, like, genuinely surprised when the monster goes and kills Henry and Elizabeth. Yeah. And it's just like, at this point, you're kind of like, are you even paying attention, dude? <laughs> yeah, it was kind of yeah. weird how he thought uh, the monster was going to kill him on the wedding night and not Elizabeth, the wife. It's like, 
isn't it like kind of clear of reciprocation? You killed my wife, I kill yours now. Like, I don't see how he just did not think that through. It is true. And then from there, it's just the both of them split at that point. It's like, that's when you hit the falling action of the novel, because then at, at that point, Victor's like, okay, I'm going to hunt you down and get revenge. And like, I suppose there's a lot of, this is kind of an interesting question, y'all. So do you think mm-hmm. that they're on the same ground here? Because technically, while Victor did deprive the monster of a wife, he didn't actually kill anything that had been alive yet. I think I think Victor deserves everything that he got. I agree. Like, because... Victor sucks, but like just on the equivalency of like wife for wife, does that wife even hold wife? up here? Well, I don't know. Thoughts? It's tricky. What do you think? No, oh, it's kind of an interesting thing to think about because for all intents and purposes, we're just assuming that Victor would have pulled off making another body live. For yeah. one thing, even though technically Frankenstein was a little bit of an accident. Yeah. Um That is true. But like he didn't even fully make or bring the wife to life. So I think that's kind of an interesting thing. But then of course Victor's like, okay, I'm gonna hunt you down to get revenge and towards the end of that that's basically that brings us back to the beginning of the book where Victor is found on the ship with the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we close out the book with a really interesting choice by Mary Shelley because basically Victor finally finishes his story and he's like, okay, my story's been told, so he dies. And it's like his will just gives out. And then after that, the monster comes aboard and he sees Victor's dead body and he like cries and he's sad about it. Which is an interesting choice in my opinion because Mary Shelley literally just tells us like, okay... In the end, the monster was more human than his creator. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because uh, Victor didn't really show that much emotion, it seems, or as much as the monster showed when it came to, like, death, I guess. Like, obviously, he had, like, terrible guilt. But seeing, like, the monster cry over his creator who treated him like garbage. Yeah, and brought him lots of pain and trouble. But yeah, I don't know. I think that was an interesting choice on Shelley's part. And then you end the novel. I don't. You could take this any direction, I suppose, but you end the novel with the monster being like, I'm going to go kill myself. And unlike Victor, I'm pretty sure the monster does it. We're not, like, directly told that he pulls it off, but well, He still. jumps out of, like, the crew window into the ice, into yeah. the Arctic, so... And then we're, like, on a voyage, yeah. like, jumping into ice wall. I don't know how death works after it's reanimation, true. but, mm-hmm. uh... Cause... I... Yeah. I think he definitely went to go into his life. Technically, I suppose, if you've already died, then the body being kept in Arctic waters would just keep it going, right? I don't know. Like, Captain America style? Oh. Or, or just, like, whenever... Whenever normal people die, you put them on ice. Mm. There's that saying in medical <laughs> circles about, like, you're not dead until you're dead and warm. Gross. Okay. <laughs> that is a good question. How does one kill Frank or Frankenstein's monster? They yeah. Unstitch him. <laughs> I also suppose, like, uh, that uh, Frankenstein's monster. Like, his entire purpose to live was to 
make Victor suffer or to bring the same pain that Victor yeah. brought to him. So after yeah. Victor died, he's like, what is there to do? He said, there's no point. <laughs> it's quite saddening. Very relatable. The whole story is very tragic and dark when you really look into it. You kind of have to expect that, though. It's gothic romanticism by Mary Shelley. Yeah. And she, too, suffered lots. She brought her suffering yeah. into a book. And she did it well. She did pull it off. But yeah, I mean, that's your plot summary, basically, of the whole book. And then, like, there are a lot of interesting themes as you go throughout. For you lit kids that don't know what a theme is because you weren't paying attention, themes are, like, underlying arcs of messages that are supposed to be carried throughout the book. So, like, the theme of the Odyssey could be, like, pride, because a lot of the points of the Odyssey have to do with... Odysseus being too prideful to win. In this particular case, you would really say that the main themes are like this idea of the god complex is a really important one. You have the idea of like forbidden or dangerous knowledge as a concept in this book. And then I think the other like really big one is this idea of like self versus society is like a big conflict throughout the book. For sure. Because on the monster side, it's yeah. very literal. It's just the monster is considered a monster by society. He's not even given a name. So that's self versus society. But on Victor's side, it's like this self-imposed. He views himself as better than or at least very different from society. So there, too, it's self versus society. And I think that's mm -hmm. like an interesting parallel between them. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then it also relates back to Mary Shelley, who mm -hmm. was also self versus society, for sure. What an iconic lady. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's about, that's basically all you need to know about Frankenstein as a book. Yeah. Um, that, I would say that that is, that is the book as a whole. It really can be summed up into one sentence. Don't make a body. Don't make a body. <laughs> don't make a body. I don't suppose that technically is true, though, because don't make a body out of parts that are. If you had made the body yeah. and paid attention yeah. to the body, like paid attention to care him for the body. Like, if you're going to make a body, be it out of dead people or you know the normal way, then you have to take care of the yeah. body. Mm -hmm. Be a good parent. Mm -hmm. Be a good parent. Be, that, be a good parent, go. care and love for something you've created. I'm going to make my dad read Frankenstein. Oop. <laughs> anyway, oh. there's nope. a joke about Frankenstein for y'all. Yep. <laughs> yeah, our final joke of Frankenstein. Well, um... No, I do want to say I would like to go through some quick quotes. Okay. So one of the quotes that really sticks okay. out from this book is, um... So the monster says, um... I was benevolent and good, but misery made me a fiend, which is a good way to summarize basically the point of the whole book. Mm -hmm. um, and he's basically just talking yeah. about like he makes it he makes it to where he wasn't really that bad of a character or an individual because like he had things that made him that way, like being abandoned by Frankenstein. Yeah. That's kind of like just the big quote that I wanted to take from it at any rate. It's also, if you've seen the musical Wicked, that's the central idea behind Wicked as well. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is a lot of themes and mm -hmm. um, many different things. 
it's like probably most humanized monster movies or like a good mm-hmm. person turned bad. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say like that. we've probably handled the plot in the book pretty well. So what I would like to do to conclude our podcast about Frankenstein, I think we owe it to Frankenstein's monster to give him an actual name. Aww. I think it's very sad that he didn't get an actual name. I think How it is sad that he didn't have a name. About Gerald. 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 He needs at least a non-threatening Gerald. name. I feel like his name needs to be something gothic for me. Right. Oh, you're right. Gothic. He mentioned he hmm. took a liking to the name Adam because he related to the character in the book yeah. in Paradise Lost. Okay. Or like the original Adam, I suppose. Oh, yeah. that's just a mix. I'm stupid. All right. Um. Yeah, no, I think Adam. Adam's a good name. I think that is a good name. I think it suits Adam. him. Our monster. Yeah. Well, Thank you all very much for listening to that podcast about Adam. <laughs> yes, and that podcast. <laughs> follow us on Twitter. If you already follow us on Twitter, then you do. If you don't, then ask someone who already does to get our Twitter handle. Exactly. And um, don't forget right, to yeah. visit www.halloween.com and get your giant skeleton today. It's critical. It's critical. And that being said, keep an eye on our announcements for that podcast about Dracula. Have a good night, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye. Okay.